Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Chapters of Adulthood podcast. In this episode, I sit down with the lovely and bubbly Beverlyn. We bond over our lack of hobbies, the transition back into the family home after uni, because as y'all know, it can be tough. She's a woman who wears all the hats in her career and shares the perception versus reality of teaching energetic, no-filtered four to five-year-olds. Hope you enjoy it and don't forget to show the podcast some love by leaving a star rating, a review, a comment or share with a friend. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Chapters of Adulthood podcast. I'm your host, Melise, and today I'm joined by the amazing and lovely Beverlyn. Hello, how are you? I am fine. I hope everyone is okay. And thank you so much for inviting me and doing this. It's so important. No, yeah, no, listen, thank you for taking the time out. So how have you been? Like, how's your week been? How has your lockdown experience been? <laughs> I'll start from this week. So this okay. week... <laughs> so this week's been okay. It's been my first full week of um, my uh, Easter holidays, which is great, which is very much... I really needed that. Um, I've been with my nephew for a lot of the time because obviously I'm off, I'm off school and he's off school, so... Yes, <laughs> so I've been with how him. is he? He is five, going to be six at the end of this month, so full of energy. Yeah, or five or 15. Oh, oh my gosh, he has kept me on my toes. <laughs> so, yeah. But then, yeah, I'm happy and grateful. And in terms of lockdown, it has been, oh, it has been an interesting experience. For the last, the last year has been literally a roller coaster of emotions. There's been some real highs and some emotional lows. It has been like a, a mix, a mixed bag of emotions it has. But then hopefully we're coming out of the, of the, out of the other side, so... Yeah, yeah, think, yeah, right. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Listen, I'm gagging for the 21st of June. Like, I cannot honestly, wait. Honestly, I cannot wait. fingers crossed. With everything, I feel like every time, every week since they've announced that, there's, some, there's been like, where it's been like a protest or like a um, something where so many people are congregating and it makes it a little bit difficult for me to believe that it's going to happen. But I'm still yeah. hanging on to hope and faith that it will happen. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you on that. Like, I'm... I remember I was a bit, you know, like I was, I was optimistic. And I'm like, mm, is it how, like, how, you know, how does that really kind of work? Like an actual day, but you know, at the end of the day, all you can do is kind of, you know, look forward and look up and just hope, you know, yeah. and just kind of whether that's going out to the park. Yeah, think listen with the toes crossed. So whether that's just like going out to the park and seeing friends, it will just be so nice to get back to some form of normality. Even yes. though right now this feels so normal, like now yeah. like being at home. Yeah. Feels yeah. so normal. This so, is um, our this is our new normal essentially. I think I think that I don't think people realise actually that it's going to be quite hard to integrate back into society and 100%. just go back to our previous norm because yeah. that's gonna take some adapting. Yeah. So literally. Yeah. Sorry, go. Oh on. yeah, no, no, you go, no, no, please go. You're in the supermarket, there you go. I was in the supermarket and someone reached over to um, grab something in front. I was just like, hang on. <laughs> thing to do that you know someone's um looking at something you're just reaching over to grab it but I was literally like you need to like acting like right. they had the play and yeah. it shouldn't you be like forget. yeah no 100% yeah. and like my gran was saying the other day how she was in the supermarket or just the you night know, walking through the middle and she's like everyone started moving away from her she's like what she's like what's going on she's like oh my god yeah we're in a pandemic I forgot yeah, yeah. Me so, so you kind of there's little bits where you forget and then you're like yeah. oh no this is this so is back up right yeah. dry hand hand sanitizer <laughs> that is normal now 
It's so normal. So before lockdown, was you like a was you a partier? Would you like would you go out or would you a home a homebody? You know, there'll be some weekends where like, okay, I'm not going out this weekend. But then there'll far and few between. I used to be out. I was like a top brunch break, you know. Like <laughs> yeah. that was like my thing. Like, yeah. oh, like organizing brunches. I, and I think I really enjoy that. And I think yeah. I, that's one thing that I'm really looking forward to, just going out to eat. Going yeah. out to, going out to eat. And I think I didn't realise, I also didn't realise I didn't have that many hobbies apart from going out and drinking. <laughs> so that's given, given me a bit of an insight of things that I need to um, develop within myself, actually, which is really good. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you on that as well. I mean, I will, like when people say, you know, like, what is your, like, what's your hobby? And I'm like, mm, going out. I'm really good yeah. at it. <laughs> like, yeah, going out, yeah. Drinking, you know, like, I'm so good at it. It's professional. I've been doing it for, like, you know, over 10 years. So, listen, <laughs> I'm with you on that. Like, it definitely makes you realise, actually, what am I doing with my life? Like, yeah. you know. Yeah, what do I actually do on the weekend except from work and work and kind of drink, really? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. Maybe pick up a hobby 2021. <laughs> yes, yes, that's where I am. That's where I yes. am. <laughs> that's the plan. So, for those that don't know, you are a reception teacher. Yes, you know, I am. A key worker in the past year. So, how has that been for you? You know, like the transition. They're like still having to kind of work from home and dealing with sorry four to five year olds via Zoom. <laughs> my hat, my wig, my wig goes off to you. <laughs> so how has that been for you actually working? You know, each lockdown actually has been different, which is so weird because the first lockdown we didn't, we didn't, we didn't have much things in place. Like we didn't have many things in place even, and um, that having to adapt practically overnight to online. It wasn't even really online. We well, it was online. We were making videos. Like my colleagues and like they were literally my saving grace because we were making videos. We had to make videos for um, for the parents, for the children, as well as slides and worksheets and stuff like that. But we had to try and make it interactive because children we don't really use work sheets in reception they're really quite active but we had to accommodate for parents that had more than one child parents that were still working so it was actually it was so hard and I think over the last year um I have worked so hard that even coming back to school felt weird wow, like coming back okay. to school full time it's been it's you know what it's been a really hard year and actually my colleagues and I have really been able to strengthen our bond because we have been working around the clock and um where so many people are like oh but you know you're only going to school this one week and one week off or two weeks and it has it was it was really hard emotionally and physically and just it was so emotionally taxing because you're literally working around the clock having to deal with having to see welfare calls making sure that you're contacting all your children if someone hasn't handed in a piece of work why have they got all the necessary tools there's been so many like other things apart from providing academic work to consider that um it's just been it's been really hard and I'm 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 happy that schools are open and I don't like even when they closed back again we were like no I don't enjoy working from home Uh, like trying to engage four and five year olds via we use Microsoft Teams is so hard because you're talking to them and you can see them like my mum and it's like (laughs) concentrate yeah so we've been working way harder than we would be if we were in school yeah I can imagine it's been hard and so um kind of you know in terms of 
I know obviously back in, in school, you kind of, you know, start at, I don't know, like 8, 8.30 and then finish at 3. So you've been kind of having to work outside of those hours, you know, like getting <laughs> your creative hat on. All those <laughs> I, think, I think people don't realise actually, like I get to school between like quarter past 7 and 7.30. And actually, I don't, <laughs> leave, I don't leave school until about 5, 5.30. And that's on a good day because the admins, the, the, the actual night, um, t- 8.50 to 3 o'clock is teaching time where I'm actually with the children but then yeah. I need to plan what I'm teaching make the resources find the resources create the resources and actually make sure our, our classroom is um, environment friendly like, friendly for what they're doing and what they're learning and what the skills the skills that we need for them to pick up so actually um, I don't think I, I have been working longer hours in some in some on some days but some days I've been actually able to to be like okay it's five I'm finishing while at home but then I think generally we work really long days anyway I don't know any teacher apart from secondary school teachers which I think maybe a little bit different because they have to be free oh, periods okay um, yeah it, it is hard it is hard and I, I think the misconception is that we start and finish at the same time as the children do but no yeah <laughs> really long days some days like when it's like when we're doing like we're putting up input in data like the week before half term this half time I was getting home I like seven wow oh my goodness like, it's like, it's like a proper like nine to five office kind of job it's people as you're saying have the misconception that you literally you know being a teacher you know is you know like you get to you know have those hours of the kids you get to finish at three no. you get to you know have the half terms like how amazing they must yeah. it be but I guess no. you don't kind of know the reality yeah like you know of what it's like I don't think there's a holiday like I haven't been in yet but I'm going to go in next week I don't think there's a holiday that I actually don't go in apart from maybe Christmas holidays but uh, uh, every holiday the school's open because you have things to do you have to catch up on things and you have to uh, make sure that your classroom and you are ready for the next term and prep things so it's yeah school my school apart from obviously the weekend but my school was open every day apart from bank holiday last week and it will be next week as well no way so you don't even get the grace of time in your own holidays to no because things need to be be done and really you need to do it (laughs) yeah of course yeah yeah absolutely no no it's so so true that is I'm so shocked by that I cannot believe that so then from you know like versus what you thought teaching would be and what the kind of reality (laughs) is in that kind of a nutshell there must be you know like so many differentiations but what did you so before you actually you know took on this role what did you think what did you think it was going to be um (laughs) (laughs) I'm lucky enough because I had the experience of being a teaching assistant first for a good three years so I had a better understanding of the expectations and um and all of those things but I think um one thing that I didn't realize is how organized you have to be I'm not I'm not the most organized person in terms of I know where I know where everything is and I know my expectations and what I have to do but then sometimes it literally feels very overwhelming (laughs) I have 30 children I have 28 children in my class 29 children actually in my class at the moment I need to know all their data offheads I need to be able to relay back that that to um the teaching assistant the members of senior leadership team I need to know everything so therefore because of that you need to be on job and whereas I am a great speaker I need to be able to evident and document this as well and I think that's yeah. that's something that I, that's something that I maybe um didn't realize 
the upkeep of the admin side would be as hard as it is so and I, and obviously the teaching assistants get paid for the school day so actually they're they're doing eight so my teach my teaching assistant is doing 8 30 to 4 30 so really it's not only I can't put it down to them because they, they need to do the other things in the classroom yeah. and so as well and do whatever they need to do so I think um I didn't realize if I'm honest how much time the admin side will take and does take so that's one thing and um I, I've enjoyed every year that I've been teaching and I do enjoy it but I think as each year as I go on each year this is this is now my third year um if I include wow. my PGC year it will be my fourth year but then um I do find the pressure and the expectation of four and five year olds are increasing each year they are expected to know and do so much so I feel like actually I have to facilitate that but then it means that um we set up a um, you know we don't have actual lessons we do like little sessions because their attention span is so short and it increases oh. as it goes on so we have to do so much in such a short space of time that we're always starting and stopping starting and stopping because they go they need to, they need movement breaks really yes of course need, the social skills that they pick up from choosing and free playing throughout the day um needs to we need they need those skills otherwise they won't have any friends and they need the other social skills they need before they can actually start learning so there's a lot of things to consider and I think you being in charge of that is just like wow this is a huge responsibility and actually if as their um, early years reception is a foundation year before they reach the national curriculum if they have any gaps or any anything it's going to make the rest of their school experience really difficult so a lot of pressure is placed on reception and their teachers so that they enjoy school and if they don't enjoy school from reception it's going to be harder for them to enjoy school so there's a lot of pressure that is a lot yes that is a lot of pressure you're like a parent like 28 kids oh oh my goodness and the parents to the parents <laughs> there are so many I'm constantly calling parents in like can I speak to you for half a minute and they try and avoid you <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> they, know, they know their kids <laughs> yeah, so it's not even necessarily behaviour because they're angels most of them are okay. angels they want to do the best for you and they love you and all of that but it's the parents and I'm like please can you do this at home because actually they're at different levels and if you're only expecting them to do things in school yeah. it makes it harder so I think getting the parents on board sometimes has been a little bit difficult because yeah. for any for so many reasons well, I don't know whether it's their working pattern whether they're a single parent whether they understand the expectations of their child in reception um there's so many barriers yeah, <laughs> and no, I think that has, that plays such a big impact on how far they are going to go in reception so it's quite difficult that, yeah that's that, that pressure you, you do enjoy it <laughs> no that pressure sounds crazy and I feel like um I think something that I've kind of you know come to understand that like, as you get older um you know like how important education is you know, and how important those things your parents kind of indeed instill into you you know from a child you know are kind of things that you then want to kind of put onto your yeah. kids and yeah. you also realize like a, a lot of households don't place a lot of um that importance on education yeah. and you kind of see that you know amongst different children you know and the ones that do you know kind of get that support and help at yeah. home that encouragement yeah. compared to the ones that don't which is you know obviously like, it's not always sometimes circumstances some parents don't even speak English no it's not always yeah. you know their kind of fault there's so many kids that don't even have 
have you know um, like technology yeah. at home and I think yeah. this like lockdown has made me realize you know that's how, like how privileged just having wi-fi oh, is. yeah 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 and and I think um you're right in terms of making sure that each child has the, the right support and guidance because actually your parents may know what to do with you but they don't have the tools or the resources so it's just being aware of everyone's circumstances and parents being open and vulnerable with you to be like listen I need help yeah. and I think as adults we don't really like we don't we're not really taught to ask for help but actually the expectation is you want your children to ask for help if you don't know but then actually when you grow to be an adult how do you ask someone for help without being seen as vulnerable which is kind of seen as as a has negative connotations so I try and tell my parents all the time you know I'm here come to me like you this is my role this is the service that I'm providing to you and your child so actually you need to make the most of it and whatever I can do I will do so but it's hard because some parents literally I don't know whether it's just embarrassment or pride I don't know what it is but then they feel they're quite reluctant to be open or as open and I completely understand because it's scary you're kind of telling a stranger all of these things that are going on in your life and sometimes some of the stories that I hear are like wow okay are you okay forget the child for a second are you okay because actually if you're not in your best possible state how can I expect you to do all of these things at home and you know for a range of different reasons whether it can be work or even how the pandemic has had an impact on them emotionally and mentally yeah you know it's so important so I do try and talk to my parents but then all of these factors play such a big impact um role in the development the children's development the parents development their relationship their relationship with education yeah so yeah so, ca- so teacher counsellor parent auntie everything <laughs> it, it all goes into one okay so moving on from like your kind of day-to-day role was this always what you wanted to do like was this was teaching always you know in your path or you know like um, I know from you're from like a Ghanaian you know background <laughs> um, how has that kind of impacted you know on like your your role today and what you're kind of doing <laughs> not going to uni was never a choice <laughs> Not yes. going to uni, uni. I have to. I always know. I've always known that. You know, my education ha- doesn't finish until I end uni, until I have my, at least a degree. I've always okay. known that. Um, I have always. You know, there's been different stages in my life where I've wanted to do different things. I really wanted to be a judge. I really, really, really wanted to be a judge. Okay. And actually, yeah. Even now, I love Judge Judy. <laughs> and I think. Give me both. <laughs> <laughs> but then I realized because I, I never wanted to be a solicitor or a lawyer I always just wanted to be a judge but you have to go through different routes and then when I found that out I was like Mm-mm, no thanks <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah and then I wanted to be um just so before I started my PGCE so I did um child and adolescent studies in uni and it's so vague I realized actually what can I do with this <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, like yeah. it's so open it, it there's so many things that are included in it that I didn't actually know where to go so I didn't know what to do my dad was kind of pushing me into finance and I was like listen I I hate numbers I don't like numbers I don't I'm not good at numbers I can't do it I don't want to do finance and he was like oh you know it's, it's really good in terms of um pay and stuff and I was like but actually the job satisfaction isn't won't be there for me my sister's a midwife and um but I'm really squeamish I know that I could never really work in the public whether it be a nurse whether it be a midwife or anything like that so I was like okay that's out for me so I, I um I was a teaching assistant for a little while uh, I worked for the NSPCC for a little while actually and that was Okay. an amazing job I was a help practitioner so that meant that I was on the phone 
to um, adults that had concerns about children, whether it be a teacher, a family member and stuff like that. And it was so great. Um, but then actually it was quite um, heavy because you're dealing with so many, so many people kind of sharing abuse stories. And sometimes you'd get wow. some really strange calls where actually some people are offloading rather than seeking any help. So really the, after the call, you wouldn't actually do anything with the information, but just have it to yourself. So it got really heavy after a while. It was quite difficult. But then um, I was thinking, okay, what can, what else can I do? And I realised during that time at the NSPCC that I can't, I, I move around often and I couldn't, I struggle just to sit at the computer screen and be on the okay. phone. So that's when I realised, you know what, I'm going to go into teaching because I loved being a teaching assistant. I absolutely loved it. So that was the, for me the, um, the deciding factor that, yeah, I'm going to go into teaching. But I did toy with the idea, like I said, with being a, um, a judge and um, working kind of more in safeguarding, which I still would like to do at some point. And I even looked at jobs like in a police force, but then like as an like, invest- investigator I took, um, with domestic violence and ch- child abuse and stuff like that. So I thought actually the NSPCC would get me into that. But then I realised that it's, it's a very heavy job, a very yeah. heavy job. I don't think I have enough resilience. I didn't have enough resilience at that time to do that. So teaching is the best of both worlds. The children love you and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah, that's how I got into teaching. Oh, okay. No, oh, I think kids, like, you know, especially young kids, they're just like, like watching them kind of grow and develop is such an amazing yes. kind of, you know, experience. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, know, I don't know how people can not just love kids, you know, like they're the they say, and they're just, they're just literally mini adults, like mini yes. adults. They're so amazing. There's not stuff. a day, <laughs> there's not a day in my class where I'm not like knee slapping, laughing, because they, oh, no. they are so, some of the craziest things. Someone will be, um, when it was, you know, the day that we had to wear poppies, I've actually got. Oh, yeah. I took the whole lesson and I forgot. November the 11th. <laughs> <laughs> Asked me if I was it because it's time to do the war. And one of the kids like, we go in the war, Miss Ammo. <laughs> But they don't, the, the, the um, understanding of time and age is yeah. crazy. Like, it's so wild. And so I'm like, how old am I? And they come up with like 24, <gasps> 12. No, they have no idea. And it's so funny. Honestly. Oh, it's so funny. That is so cute. <laughs> I know, I have a little brother who's 11. And literally the other day, um, I think he was listening to like drill music. He's kind of finding his yeah. personality now. And I was like, oh, is this true? I was like, oh my God, you know drum I'm not that old I'm like in my mid-20s like he couldn't believe I knew what the genre of drill was and then you're saying they literally think you're like 50 not saying you're old but you know they (laughs) often think that you're so like ancient yeah basically so you're like no I'm I'm sort of I'm sort of you know I'm sort of babe out here you know going out honestly (laughs) honestly I'm so young like let me live and so just I think something that you kind of said was um that you know in when you were working working for the NSPCC you said you felt like you didn't have the resilience to do that job but like back then but how would you say that has kind of you know like built up in you as a person since being there and now like where you are now like that kind of, or is that was that is that just who you are the person is that like you know your background like how your parents kind of built you up to be like you know how has that kind of developed resilience is such a funny thing actually it's it's such a funny thing because actually you don't know that you do or you don't have resilience until you are faced with different circumstances so true. and there's so many things that I am I do feel like I'm resilient with and there's other things that I don't realize that I'm not and I think whereas um, I'm quite an empathetic person so if someone tells me something I literally almost feel what they're feeling and I think being a true empath 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 empath, (laughs) empath, (laughs) 
when they are when someone's disclosing something to you it used to really really bother me wow and I've been thinking about it because I I just didn't even realize that some people had experienced some things that they had and I think um the when I started the NSPCC I wasn't privy to all of this information whereas ending when I'm like when I kind of um, rounded up and I was ending my um, my time there, I was a completely different person, completely wow. different person. And I think that experience really moulded me in terms of my resilience to a range of different, uh, resilience in a different way that I didn't know that I didn't have but needed. And actually, because children still do disclose situations to you in school and, that's, and I think that's helped. But then obviously it, um, having the knowledge from the NSPCC has helped in terms of my safeguarding. But at that time, I don't think emotionally I was ready to, I would have been ready to step into the field of that completely whereas now I feel like I'm I understand life in a different way and um, I've been exposed to things whilst working at NSPCC and while in my teaching and while being in my teaching career that I do think I've been a different I I am a different person because of the things that I've experienced not necessarily myself but the things that have gone on around me but then even before um the resilience that I feel like I did have was more in relation to myself in terms of if, so, if I had been knocked back with something, then I could be, I did have the resilience to carry on and try harder. But actually, I'm trying to think of how I can articulate this properly. The resilience I needed to kind of deal with really difficult conversations with people right, yeah. wasn't there. Because I didn't have difficult conversations. I didn't have uncomfortable conversations. I didn't, I wasn't exposed to really difficult periods of time with other people or difficult of time, difficult times concerning their abuse or, you know, trigger warning, um, things that people have experienced themselves. I, I have a different type of resilience, I think I can say, um, a resilience now that I didn't have then. But I think due to exposure and just circumstances that I've been around, um, I do think, think uh, I've developed that. That coming on. Well, I, think, I feel like that kind of comes, you know, like with age as well. And like, I feel like, you know, kind of, you know, being in your 20s, is such a you know like transitional kind of period and you know like as you're saying you know the things you kind of go through the things you experience is where your kind of resilience you know does like build up so Mm -hmm. like for you how you know compared to like you know your 20 like your early I don't know how old you are so I'm I'm 20 I'm 28 but I'm going to be 29 in July Uh, okay okay yeah so it's like yeah you're still in your 20s so like how would like if you were kind of you know going to give any advice to someone who's in their early 20s to someone you know who's like kind of heading towards 30 like what kind of like top three tips you would have you would give to you know someone say what have you learned that you kind of wish you knew would you say you're you're right and I think in terms of being in your 20s is such there's so many key moments in your 20s that I don't even think your teens help you (laughs) like I don't I don't I don't even know how to where to start um the three top things I was thinking about this question and I even had a conversation with my sister my sister's 30 she's going to be 32 and I always ask her as well like we have a younger cousin she's 23 like what what do you what do we want to hurt to know that we didn't know and obviously as an older sister who didn't have we, she didn't have any uh, obviously other siblings what did she wouldn't she know that she um she wants to know and all of that all of those things and I think the um one key take that I would say and what she said is you have to enjoy wherever you are 
you have to enjoy whatever you are doing because literally there's so many phases that you're going to go through there's so many key moments that are going to mold you into different people your your experiences in life your experiences in your career your romantic relationships your dynamics with your family and all of those things are going to be it's just rolling it changes all the time you reach another milestone you reach another key point in your life a significant moment and then you change and you don't even realize that you've changed so wherever you are whatever moment you are in you have to take that moment as it is and enjoy like you and it's not even a case of uh, go out and like get drunk and all of that that's not (laughs) if you don't enjoy enjoy that don't do that but you have to enjoy and whatever that means to you is what you need to do because life is tough it is not easy and a word (laughs) (laughs) it's not it's not that easy so you have to take a moment to enjoy whatever situation you are in and it's not always as easy as that because sometimes I don't have money I don't have this I don't have that but make the most of it that's one thing and I know it's really cliche that's 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 the first thing but I would say um another thing that I've learned and something that I struggled with when I was younger is you are not above learning you're not above teaching like I'm clicking guys (laughs) I'm clicking in the background like click 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 you are not above teaching and I think if you think you know everything you are going to struggle so much because you don't and you don't know anything and actually even now I don't know anything I don't know everything I'm not above being taught and it uh, it doesn't matter how old you are because other people from different age groups teach you things little kids around me and it's not like they teach me teach me academic things but actually things about life they appreciate so many different things because they're young and they don't have that experience so you can be you can learn from anyone so take take those lessons and don't take them lightly and apply them to your life like honestly so I think those are um, enjoying where you are and what you're doing that's number one and not being above teaching is definitely number two and um (laughs) I think for my third one and I think that this is something that's helped me in so many aspects of my life is um and I think I mentioned it before about um being vulnerable enough to ask for help being vulnerable and not even seeing it as a vulnerability but seeing it as your rights that if you don't know something you have the right to know something so you are able to do something to the best of your ability and whether that's whether that's even in your career or even when you're getting to know someone your friendships your romantic relationships your parents your sibling your your um, relationship with your siblings if you don't know how to love someone in the way that they need to be loved how is your relationship going to progress with them and I think when you're in your early 20s you think you may you may think you're more independent than you are or your parents may not see you as independent as you want them to be so it can be a clash in your relationships and stuff but then I think actually just explaining to having the opportunity to talk to people and being vulnerable and say look mum or look dad I know that this is what you want from me but help me understand why you want this what are your intentions behind it and I'll explain to you why I think this is that and just asking for help in terms of not knowing or knowing where you want to go in life guidance support even when it comes to networking asking for help you're never you're never too grown you're never too um you're never too much of an expert to ask and I think asking and being vulnerable or allowing yourself to be open with someone and say look 
I'm struggling with this. What can I do for your own mental health? Everything. You can, you have to be able to ask someone for help. Oh, I love, I love that. No, I love, oh my God. I think it was like clicking, gritting all in the background. No, I love that. And I think, I feel like, you know, this last year has definitely allowed, you know, people to be more vulnerable and, you know, to ask for help and say, you know, I am struggling. And you'll mm-hmm. also be surprised how many people are willing to help you, you know? Like yes. even um, I mean, when, when Clubhouse first came out, it's a bit, it's too heavy now. <laughs> yeah, like I cannot be on that app. But um, when it first came out, you know, you'll be surprised how many people um, are willing to help you, you know, and they're like sliding to my DMs. You know, I've been doing yeah. like 20 years. Like, you know, I'm an expert in this field. Just ask, just ask. So don't feel any way to ask me. So you'll be yeah. surprised. Use your mouth. Because all they can say is no. All yeah, say, that's, yeah. That's all people can say, you know, yeah. like, sorry, I don't have the answer right now, but at least you asked. So, yeah. Um, and also, they might not have the they might not have the answer, but they can direct you to someone that does. Right. So I think exactly. definitely, definitely, yeah. No, definitely. I couldn't agree more. And then, so I know you said about you know kind of talking you know to your like parents, like sitting them down about any, you know certain things or questions that you may have. Have you ever had to that kind of with your parents, or have you ever have I <laughs> <laughs> this this kind of overwhelming um you know pressure to succeed or you know, how has that been you know having you know coming from a Ghanaian background as we know you know parents such different generation yeah yeah you know, to us. And they don't quite understand you know how how you know we are or how we work or how we think you know, and, they, and they think they know it all and they uh, sorry love you mum and dad but you actually don't <laughs> you don't know it all Do you know, i'm oh, 25 but i'm not i'm 26 <laughs> oh, okay. i'm 26 okay. from about 25 i would say i started to see my parents as t- like two individual people and not yeah. my parents yeah. so what really has helped our, our relationship is getting to know them again but as as people and not just yeah. my parents as just oh mommy daddy and actually understanding their life experience and, and how that plays such a major part in actually parenting how they have parented my sister and I and actually with because of their experiences I've come to understand okay this is why they go so hard on this area of my life because they they didn't have those opportunities and um Obviously, most people, I would like to think that all, most parents (laughs) want their children to be in a better position than they are as adults. So they do whatever they can do. And I just think sometimes the delivery is where the... um, the misunderstanding comes in because it's just yeah. like I'm, I'm an adult I'm telling you how to do this but actually talk to me nice and learn how to yeah. talk learn how to talk to me in a way that I'm going to understand our communication may be different but then we need to find a way there where when you're telling me something I understand what you're trying to say and when um, I am telling you something or replying to or responding to what you're saying you are understanding and we're not just listening to each other just to be like rah, 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 rah. we're actually <laughs> yeah. understanding what we are saying and our point of view so I think um that ha- we still have clashes now don't get me wrong we definitely yeah. do <laughs> I think as you kind of develop into your own at be your own self and your own adult as a as a person you you sometimes think oh my gosh they're not just my parents they are their they are their own people yeah and I think that that kind of breaking point was where I realised, oh my gosh, they've had their own childhood. <laughs> and actually they've yeah. had their own childhood separate from each other because they weren't, they're not siblings. They came together. <laughs> to make so one oh my God. Yeah, I never thought about it that way, actually. Yeah. So you're so right. I think like, as you become an adult, as you're saying, you know, you kind of, you, as you said, you'll get, you get to see your parents as like human, first and yeah. foremost. As, as, and as you said, like, as individuals, you know, like by, by their first day, like aside yeah. from being mum, they're, you know, they're, 
this person they they've had dreams you know, they've had life experiences um and it kind of gives you know allows you to give them some grace yes because I, I feel like people don't you know um don't realize that you know your parents have been through things and sometimes as you said not all parents because not not all parents are you know great parents that like they're not there are yeah. some parents out here that are not they're not the best kind of people just as people yeah but, um I think as you get older and you kind of get to understand where your parents are coming from, you can understand, you know, why they are the way they are, or I think yeah. why they push for what they push for. And you also realise that your parents have, you know, dreams of their own. Yeah. Expectations yeah. of their own. You know, like some of our parents have lost parents. Yeah. Like, you know, been been through things that we can't even imagine like our parents not being here and that's who shaped yeah. them. Or yeah. our parents have, you know, moved to these countries, yeah. you know, like with absolutely nothing and have come here, you know, and been able to put a roof over our head, you know, yeah. for us to be able to have that high education. So you definitely have a sense of that appreciate appreciation yes. for them. Definitely. And you just like yeah, you know, you kind of like, you know what, you're who you are, I'm who I am, yeah. and you know, let's just let's just move as like, you know, adults as well. Yeah. I think that yeah. yeah, sometimes some parents don't always just see you as an adult. Yes. It's so hard. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure did you have <laughs> did you have the um, experience of like moving back home after uni <laughs> and um, being like, Oh my god, did I I can't imagine different different these people. <laughs> <laughs> it was um that might that period of finishing uni was such a surreal moment because I literally I went to Bedfordshire which isn't the best uni but then I got I had the best I had the best time the of my best life time, right? <laughs> the best time of my life so we used to be we used to leave at like 4am to go and get something to eat we used to come back to say, like go to someone's house at like oh what are you doing nothing you'll be getting the cab for like three pounds to someone else's halls or whatever for like four pounds at like 3am that that I when I came back I wasn't um oh I was driving actually but then um like my dad was like Why, where are you going at midnight where are you going at 10 o'clock <laughs> I'm just gonna go and see my friends, and he was just like 21, by the way. <laughs> as in, like, he just didn't understand. He literally was like, "What are you talking about? You're obviously not." And I think in my head, he just used to think, "What's this girl doing?" And it, it was such a strain. I think, with, and because I wasn't, um, I didn't. I was working in weight trays when I first finished uni. I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. He was just like, "You've gone to uni, and you're not. You haven't come back as this mature person <laughs> that I thought you were going to come back at them." And my things. My sister and I are really different. She came back. Um, she had a job already. She's a midwife. So she she has been since she was 22. So she came back already with a job secured in her third year. So I think he was just like, okay, that's great. She got a first. All of this. So he was just like, dream child, you know, is going to follow. We're very different. I've always been more outspoken <laughs> than she has. I've always been like, I want to go out. She doesn't drink. I um, I do. So <laughs> he, I think his expectation for us was really different. And then he realised that actually the same way I used to parent your sister is not the same way I can do to you. So we used to butt heads a lot. And it was such a, it was honestly so weird. And I just felt very lonely for a little while because I was like, where are all my friends? I'm not living with my friends anymore. We're, like, we're not, we're not just sick. We're not, I can't go to someone's room at three. I can't go out. So it was, it was a bit of a lonely experience when you first when I first finished and then you had to adapt to kind of being back at home but it's, it's it made me take my saving seriously not then but now yeah, yeah. <laughs> Girl, I get it. but then I think yeah so it they yeah the the transition has happened for both of us yeah. so we've both had to adapt the, my parents and I have both had to adapt to you know um when I finished uni we both had to adapt to me being back at home yeah and being, you know like now being like, it's like you know three four adults within the house other than you know parents and kids that like, you're all you're all individuals on your own as well mm-hmm. you know like you'll feel like your parents sometimes don't always understand like I'm an adult too 
Yeah, you know, like you've done, yes. you've kind of done your job now. Like now you need yeah. to be my, you know, um, confidant. You know, someone that I just yeah. want to speak to. But like, yeah. I don't know, we kind of you become friends almost. I yes. think that's the older yes. you get. Yeah, with your parents. Yeah. One, I know something you mentioned um, about you know that that kind of um, period of not quite knowing what you wanted to do. You know, after uni, like how did you kind of you know like cope with that, or what did that look like? Figuring out you know what what it is you kind of do now. Like, did you just have different jobs, or you know, did you kind of didn't have a little you know what was my method? <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Like, what was your method? Yeah, time. I was working seven days. Like, I was literally working seven every day. Oh my so god! On the weekend, on the weekend, I was working at Waitrose because that was like my, you know, my retail job. That I was always going to be I, there, and I, I worked. Money. <laughs> and I worked in an agency because I didn't know what to do. So I worked um, through an agency. So I was um, um, at different nurseries. I worked at an SEN school or SEN college for a little while, and. Um, initially I was like this job is not for me because I'm quite squeamish this was like quite severe like um disabilities some of them right. uh, literally couldn't feed themselves weren't wow. verbal but I learned so much there I le- that's another place where I learned so many things so many life lessons and just another way to learn how to be appreciative at the time I was like 22 23 I think and the people that were my age that had had disabilities for their whole life and I was like wow. was, on the weekend I'm going out with my friends to the cinema but these these people would never be able to do that because of their condition so it was a little bit tricky um and that's another so I worked in agency and I was, I was placed in different settings and the most the setting that I felt the most comfortable was were schools so I went to nurseries for a little while and I was still doing retail on the side and I think that the retail experience actually I don't know if children, young people still do it now it gave me really good um speak communication skills to speak to a range yeah. of people and I don't yeah. think one of my cousins he's 18 now and every time I talked to him he was like oh what you're what are you saying and I was like don't you know how to switch that off different <laughs> generation <laughs> different generation Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so um I think for me I did try a few jobs and I think the agency helped me play, get placed at so many different types of places that made me realize oh actually I know that I enjoy working in school so then when I realized that I enjoy working in schools then I tried um I applied to be a teaching assistant and okay. and that's what kind of started off kick-started everything then I realized I'm not getting that because teaching assistants don't care, get paid that much actually so then I realized right, okay. more for myself. I have a degree I don't yeah. want to just be stuck in a job that I can't really make ends meet so that's what made me um, move to the NSPCC and that's when I realized right. oh I could do so many different things and I realized oh I don't want to work in the office just yet and I don't have enough <laughs> um, resilience and that's when how that's how I came back into teaching I don't know where I'm gonna end up yeah you know and that's the thing I feel like people need to understand you know like what you even what you study in uni doesn't have to be the path you end up taking and you know (laughs) sitting at a desk kind of you know doing your degree and then actually putting that into real world may not be for you and that's okay yeah yeah you need to kind of you know realize that and I think the kind of beautiful thing about being young you know which I know people can change careers anytime but I think the the amazing thing about being young is that you can go out there and get that experience and realize it's not for you and and change yeah that career path like I'm always in awe of like you know you always hear the stories of like a 50 year old who I don't know was had a city job for like you know over 30 years and then now they just go and make jam in the country that's their like dream <laughs> you know like so I, I think that I'm like you're never too old to just follow yeah. your dream or like yeah. you know just go and try something and yeah never know what can happen so I would say anyone out there 
you're not quite sure what they're doing you know like just keep on trying different things like anything that you like Definitely. Go, like go for it you know like go for it and just just see what happens and, and yeah. you'll be surprised where you end up or what you love and as you're saying teaching may not be the end goal you could be a judge it's not you could end it's up de- being I, a judge I know that it's definitely not and I love it but then it's good for now but actually my life will change when I when I start my own family my life will change so therefore it may not be suitable for me I don't want to be getting home at six when I have kids and missing out on teaching my own children because I'm teaching other children people's children so and I think the world is your oyster you can do any and everything and actually you can monetize everything and anything as well so just stick your fingers in different pots and not only to get money but just see what you enjoy because job satisfaction is important important because yeah. you spend so much of your life there that you need to enjoy it. and you need to enjoy your work colleagues your working environment you know so the possibilities are endless so just to find your feet just stick your fingers in little loads of different pots out there yeah. Uh, yeah well that's a lovely way to end so let people know if you want them to find you where can they find you they have like any questions I think probably like, instagram would be better it'll be best i use twitter but i kind of use it's nothing work related it's just like oh gonna have another coffee sort of thing so <laughs> i would definitely say instagram is the best place to find me and uh, my name is bevla moore on instagram so um i believe you will tag me so you can just yep, like, yeah, put it below dm me anything guys i i, I may take a few days to respond but i will respond <laughs> so do dm me if you have any questions any advice anything that you need any mentorship anything i am here and available and if i don't know i can point you to the right direction to someone who may amazing so as i said just ask guys slide yeah. slide into dms and see what <laughs> happens but no thank you so much for joining me i really really appreciate it i love this and some amazing gems that i'm even <laughs> going to take away myself and implement it into you know into my life so thank you so much for joining me i really appreciate it and thank you guys for listening and i will catch you on the next episode bye take care bye guys <laughs>